0: Must resist the temptation of the drift. Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell.
1: Oh, is this one of those ones where I talk through the radio and you can actually hear me? Yeah. Oh, I'm David Thomas Lynch.
0: Yeah, uh, David, welcome back. Welcome back to the conversation for an episode you specifically requested. Way for some reason, way back when this game came out, uh, we we, we were chatting about like future conversation topics, what episodes various DK vine staffers would want to be the co host on. And you said, I want to do Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. And I
1: think I called it Mario and Sonic Gentrify Tokyo for some sports ball.
0: Yeah, you, you did, because you have to make a statement about everything, David. Everything has yep. to get political with David L- Thomas Lynch over here. But I was like, you know, we've never actually done a conversation about these. We just brought them up from time to time on the conversation. Go back to our E three twenty nineteen coverage and hear me boast about how I climbed Sega's rock wall so much faster than mitchell wolf did and
1: (laughs) and i actually just looked at that video and like he he got like a 40 second head start and he still won
0: (laughs) i know i know because they they were like harnessing us up and they harnessed him up far faster than me he was already up there and i was like well this is unfair like which game genie is mitchell wolf using i i need to hurry it up so i just went i just tore that wall a new one but and I
1: saw those bear hikes paid off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. When you're running from bears, it gives you all the life training you need. So we've never actually talked about these. And, and when you pitch this, you know, cause these games come out usually the year before the Olympics are like they're based on our in. So, for example, the very first Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, which Donkey Kong was not in, so DK Vine doesn't cover it. That was for the 2008 Beijing yes. Summer Games. Um So, yeah, they, they've been at this for a while. And in the 2010... Winter Games, that is when Donkey Kong was first added and, and it became uh, a DKU cameo game series. So we've been avoiding this for a, for a good hot minute. I think the novelty of this iteration of the franchise appeals to me a little bit because here we have a game released in 2019 that was set in the 2020 Summer Games that because of a worldwide global pandemic, it didn't actually happen until the summer of 2021. So... <laughs> well, the uh,
1: pandemic is still going on, but we decided we're over it, so... What we, could possibly go wrong?
0: There was that brief moment where we thought, hey, the pandemic's in the rearview mirror, and, you know, every everybody's running out to get this vaccine. Nothing could slow it down. So... <laughs>
1: Well, it turns out some people are not running to get the vaccine for some reason.
0: <laughs> no, they're never going to get a gold medal at those speeds. I thought it would be fun, maybe, to finally do an episode about this. And I, I actually, so I didn't own this game until last Christmas. Uh, last Christmas, you gave me Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Actually, not you, David. It was my parents. My parents, they're like, what do you want? for Christmas this year are not you a little old for that my parents still get me a Christmas gift or two like it's not like I make out a wish list but my mom's like hey I want Christmas ideas and so okay. I'm I'm like yeah okay but I am also old and I buy everything I want uh, you know I mean I assume you know it's not like I own a home it's not like I, I own a, a big boat I might want those but I can't afford them but well,
1: you know... Unless you don't believe some bearded Canadian can somehow uh travel give presents to everybody and has been watching you specifically this whole time
0: that's the dream friend that is that that is the life right there. If we could get like a crowd Santa Claus going and, and actually have a North Pole base and everything you know I'm sure the nSA has something. I know, like all that technology we've stolen from the extraterrestrials over the years, we can't get a real-life Santa Claus going? Bullshit. I cry foul. Anyway, that this is what those billionaires need to be working on, not going just below outer space and calling it outer space and patting themselves on the back and their big <laughs> penis missiles. No, no. Jeff Bezos could be the real-world Santa Claus, but he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to help us. Anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about Jeff Bezos on this podcast. I'm gonna complain about the IOC on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. So I, I asked for this because I was like, this is a game I'm gonna be discussing this summer with David Thomas Lynch on my Donkey Kong podcast, and I don't really want to use Patreon money to buy it. <laughs> so I'm gonna get my parents to buy it for me for Christmas. So this is what I got for for Christmas for my parents uh it's good, it's good, it worked out, uh so I
1: paid like you know sixty bucks or however much
0: yeah yeah, it's not worth that. let me just say I mean, this is this is gonna be an a full on negative uh criticism of the game by the way if you're if you're tuning into here d k vine bash a frivolous little sporting game with Mario and Sonic. We're not going to bash it completely. I definitely have critiques of it. Uh, But we're more going to be looking at the absurdity of it and this whole series really just existing and the weird lore implications that come up when you say, oh, yeah, Donkey Kong, he competed in the Olympics. Because I have questions, David. I have so many questions, of, and I have theories, too. So it's not just me coming in empty-handed. I have a lot of feelings and thoughts about this game. First of all, though, I just want to say, if you enjoy, enjoy DK Vine's a lipping coverage, if you if you enjoy our round-the-clock uh, reporting from Tokyo then please support us on Patreon, dkvine.com forward slash Patreon. And you'll know that money won't go towards me buying Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games titles. I get my parents to do that for me. <laughs> I would get Jeff Bezos and Santa Claus to do it, but he, he has no interest. So, anyway, uh support us on Patreon. Check it out, dkvine.com forward slash Patreon you can listen to these episodes live as we record them. Want to give a shout out really quick. Jebaha, uh, Jebaha is in the chat. Uh, John Tessier is back and, uh, Gibbon, Gibbon is there, but Gibbon's also a patron, but he, Gibbon also works on the site. So Gibbon, I'm not counting really Gibbon. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Gibbon. Thank you, John. Thank you. Jebaha. Uh, thank you all. Uh, so, anyway, uh, you can join them. You can be amongst friends. Uh, $5 and up. Uh, you can also get the conversation a day early, before the podcast networks get them, before YouTube gets them, before SoundCloud gets them. 24 hours in advance, you'll get the conversation. Well,
1: technically, YouTube gets it, but you get a link early.
0: Yeah, so. you got you get a secret link. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh <laughs> it's it's like using the uh the fast pass in in mario kart tour it's like oh i have this ticket i can play this this cup a day early while it's still under construction oh wait you mean all the cups are under construction this construction thing is just a sham oh that's what this is (laughs) dkvine.com forward slash patreon not the last time i want to bring up mario kart tour on this podcast because there is uh some linkage between this and that and we'll get into that when we get into our continuity discussion all right so david i'm always talking sports with you i feel like a regular joe i, I feel i feel like a man's man uh, yeah
1: somehow i became a resident jock
0: <laughs> <laughs> just sitting back having a brewski with my buddy david as we discussed the sports ball i am a jock and these are my
1: jams are you all ready for this
0: I think a lot of the jock jams wound up in the Donkey Konga games. I might be wrong there. Diddy's Diddy's was definitely a jock jam. All right, so as I made clear, when uh, we last sat down to discuss the sports ball, David, uh, I, I am not a sports ball guy. I, I played golf with my dad. Uh, I like miniature golf. I find miniature golf to be the purest form of golf. <laughs> uh, there aren't enough consequences in sports for me, Right. It's all a bunch of meaningless stats and honorifics that don't carry much weight. If, if sports had more of a a narrative to them, (laughs) more lore, I would find them fascinating. But I think sports at at their base level, they are just this distilled way for grown people, for grown people to celebrate uh, the frivolous nature of childhood passions, without feeling guilty about it, before nerd culture became mainstream, sports was the only acceptable outlet, uh, as deemed by s- society, to allow those passions to be partaken in.
1: Well, it's still the only one who's successful to uh, cosplay in public.
0: Uh, yeah, you know,
1: I was seeing people wearing jerseys, but I can't wear a Starfleet uniform.
0: Give it twenty years. And don't get me
1: started. That one time I wore nothing but a tie. <laughs>
0: Give it 20 years. I see more and more people just dressed in cosplay in their day to day lives. Like, you go to the bookstore, you see people shopping the manga section, and, and, you know, they got elf ears, they're dressed like, and, and you're like, cool, whatever. Like, that's, society is changing for the better in a lot of ways. I know it doesn't feel like that, uh, assuming we don't wind up in some handmaid's tale situation. Society is improving for the better. Um and we're all more accepting of each other's passions and desires and celebrations. So, you know, sports isn't the only outlet. And I'm not disparage anyone out there who loves sports. It's just not for me. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, but there are some sports I do take a fancy to. Uh if if they're on TV uh and I'm I'm sitting there, I will kind of get into them. And I found that I like sports that have sort of an international scope to them. Uh, So, things like the World Cup, I kind of get into. Because I like all of these nations and countries coming together uh, and, and competing. And... I I like Formula One racing a bit for that reason, too. It's just very international. It's basically like James Bond soaked in gasoline or or petrol, as James Bond would say. So it's 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 stuff that really shows the scope of the planet we live on. It isn't so like insular, like here are two American cities going at it. No, I, I like when the world comes together For the sporting, it feels more grand to me. And as someone who loves learning about other cultures and and would travel if, you know, I had the money. I don't have the money to buy a home or a boat. So, I would also ask Santa Claus for for tickets, plane tickets. But, of course, not during a worldwide pandemic because passengers are getting unruly on planes these days if you follow the news. So, anyway... the Olympics would be right up my alley, right? Like, the, it would be, ooh, Donkey Kong is in the Olympics? Sign me up. That's a game I want to play because the Olympics kind of fall under that purview. But I'm an American in the United States, as you are, David. And so growing up, and even to this day, the Olympics have always kind of had this... T- tainted coverage here and i assume this coverage happens in most countries it's very nationalistic in in the way they present the olympics rather than all these nations are coming together to compete with one another it's oh my god this guy this
1: american won a bronze medal well, who won the gold? Who cares? USA.
0: Yeah, it, it, everything is centered around the American athletes, and you never really learn about the athletes of the other countries, even if they're phenomenal. And it was just like, okay, that's great, but I, I want to learn about that gold medalist. I don't I don't want to learn about this bronze medalist. I mean, they did a great job, too. All superior athletes to me, I'm sure, but it, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't really root, root, root for the home team so much as more. I, I just want to enjoy the, the grand spectacle and coming together of it all. So because of that, I've always kind of shied away from watching the Olympics because, you know, it's filtered through NBC and, and its various networks here it has been for decades now. It feels like, and it's just, eh, I don't like the coverage of it. And, you know they there there's just a lot of things i don't like about the international olympic committee either the ioc and they're they're corrupt and you know you get stories like uh, the athlete shikari richardson suspended for a month over marijuana usage and i'm like what like come on like what what is going on here and, and so it, it just the olympics I think bring out the worst in at least Americans. <laughs>
1: and and of it, course they ask, spend so much money like building all these new stadiums that they end up like bankrupting the whole city. They
0: could they decimate uh a lot of these areas that they come into. Yeah. And then, you know, like it, it's just it, yeah, the, we, we could just spend the whole podcast complaining about the dark side of the Olympics. But, you know, if, if you detach yourself from the reality and and you go more into the aspirational, what they're supposed to represent. Sure. You know, give me a fictionalized version of the Olympics and I would probably be on board with it. However, when that fictionalized version of the Olympics is the only true crossover sans smash brothers that we've gotten between Sonic the Hedgehog and super Mario then you're also going to kind of be turned off by it, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I feel like I missed an opportunity, like back in the GameCube days, to like have some big old Mario vs. Sonic crossover adventure.
0: And this is this is well-worn ground. It, it, we're not breaking any new territories of chats here by saying, "Hey, you know what? Nintendo and Sega should have done." is actually had a real platformer where Mario and Sonic like their worlds collide and and they've given their reasons why they don't want to do that you know it it's like well they won't the, the styles of game won't really mesh and I, whatever excuses they're, they're they're just excuses really like they by doing it this way they can trade on the concept the appeal of Mario and Sonic's worlds coming together but they can do it in a um, unambitious sort of platform that they can continually churn out sequels um, every two years or, or whatever, uh, when you factor in the Winter Games as well. And, you know, there's nothing really wrong with that, I guess, but it... It felt like a missed opportunity back in 2008, and now in 2021, we've all just lived with it so long. It's just like, oh, another Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games game. Okay, like, I'm not going to get excited about it, and this is the one I played the most, though, because... David, you wanted to do this conversation, so... Oh, yeah, because now we have a podcast to talk about, right? Yeah, well, we have I mean, the, this is the ninth season of the podcast. Because I rented con-
1: the London 2012 uh, one in the day, and it was right, but, you know, I didn't have to talk about it for three hours, so...
0: This is going to be a three-hour episode, David, I promise you that. Uh, <laughs> famous last words. <laughs> All right,
1: we'll see about that. W-
0: what we're going to do here is we're going we're to talk a little bit about the game itself. Uh but that's quickly going to evolve into dis- discussing the in-universe implications and the lore and the bizarre continuity of everything. Because, oh my god. Um, so, for starters, while booting up this game, uh, I was just gobsmacked by how sterile the presentation was. It felt less like a video game and more like waiting in a doctor's office. <laughs> um. I I don't know. It it just just the the white screens, the menus is just there. I guess it's bland but efficient. But there's just something about this that feels like a mopped hallway in a hospital. It's just, it's, it's not very titillating, tantalizing. I don't know. And I understand too, like Nintendo is, because Sega makes these games, right? We we say Nintendo and Sega, but these are Sega games. So Sega has to deal with Nintendo, you know, one of the most curmudgeonly, uh, bizarre companies in, in all of entertainment, you know, they've, they've, they got their strict rules, uh, but bizarre edicts to follow. And then you've got the IOC that you also have to deal with. So it's a miracle that I guess we have any functioning game whatsoever, let alone a whole series of them dating back, uh, a good solid 13 years now. But jeez, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I complained about Super Smash Brothers 4's menus back in the day and how chaotic they were. Uh, I would take the chaos over just how uninspired this is. But anyway, that's, that's, it's a small complaint. I just wanted to get that in there because I, I was just bored b- before I even got to any of the games.
1: Like there's a, like a quick match and you can just like select a sporting event. But I don't know. There's not really anything to like tie them together. Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
0: I I mean, it's designed for quick gameplay, like if, especially if you want to play with friends or whatever, you know, here it's just, it just, you can get into it really quick. But you would think a big colorful union like Mario and Sonic coming together would, would, I don't know, have, have more color to it. So I was also really, I guess, frozen, deadlocked when i started the game because and this could only happen to me david uh you mm-hmm. you have to select your country and and this is the flag that will be next to your your character when you compete in online events not just online events though in in local gameplay too so you you have to select you know a, a country that's competing uh, a country yes yeah that's competing in these olympics and you're know, like well Heil, you just said you live in the United States. Why don't I just pick the United States? Well, here's the thing. I'm not playing as Heil Russell, uh, a me character, or an Xbox Live avatar. The, the character you, who is me, Heil Russell, uh, the, the self-insert character that is canon. Right, you're playing as Donkey Kong, and you have to figure
1: out which country Donkey Kong is from.
0: Yes! Yes! So, I was like, okay, well, Donkey Kong... Donkey Kong Island, the Congo jungle, uh, I, I guess, you know, DK Vine has has long posited that Donkey Kong Island is off the western coast of Africa. And because a couple sources, like Super Smash Brothers and Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, has an alternate spelling of Congo jungle with the uh, C, which, which is actually an alternate that is in... In fact the real- life Congo jungle uh, go you go back a ways and it uses the K so anyway uh we we've said th- that it is probably at least parallel to uh the congo the the real world Congo so I looked for the democratic to see yeah, I look for the Democratic Republic of Congo, not competing in the Olympics, so I was like, huh. So, like, the closest country was Angola. <laughs> and I was like, but, but would Don- why would Donkey Kong be representing Angola? Like, and, and then my brain just collapsed in on itself, David.
1: Well, I think, yeah, and I was thinking maybe selecting like the UK because, you know, best known games were made by a British developer. Yeah. So.
0: I, yeah, maybe. Or, or Japan because, you know, the parent company is, is Japanese. But I was like, that, yeah. That, I, I
1: went with the U.S. That way, if I ever go online, they'll they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, the U.S." American. Yeah.
0: So basically, what I did was just vow to delete my data <laughs> and <laughs> and like clear my records out. And then when I finally figure out what to align Donkey Kong with, then uh, then I will actually have that be uh my my permanent like saved record. But that that really gets us into more the lore of the game and why yeah, I mean, you,
1: can, you can select Russia for some reason, even though you can't select Russia in the real Olympics.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Russian Federation is in the game. And I don't know if this game was developed before Russia was banned f- or, or, or if the whole doping scandal, I I'm not quite clear on when that kind of shook out. There are Russian athletes competing in the Olympics, but yeah. they're basically unaffiliated. So yeah, well
1: they did the same thing in 2018.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: but Mario and Sonic weren't at those Olympics either, so fuck that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I just picked the U.S. for now, but I'm gonna delete it because it doesn't feel right for me to have Donkey Kong being represented by the American flag. Uh, <laughs> it's just what well, I'm like. This this raises a lot of questions that we'll get into, like why these various, well, you know, characters... the flag
1: of Retro Studios.
0: Sure. But why these various characters are represented by these flags? Because when you're playing in single player, it's randomized what flag is is next to what characters. So, you know, Mario could be represented by, I don't know, Croatia. I I I haven't checked to see if Croatia's there, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's uh it it's complete nonsense and maybe you just have to think okay well the flag that part isn't canon that's just to tell you who you're playing against well it's
1: because the uh, ioc doesn't recognize donkey kong island or the mushroom kingdom we'll, we'll get country. it we'll get into that David. So too, just, yeah so just pick a random country oh today i'll be represented by uh, uh brazil ah i'm gonna be from new zealand for some reason
0: I I have thoughts on all of it, don't worry. But uh I, I assume you were worried. So I, I do want to talk about the gameplay and, and the various games themselves. And I, I we'll do it quickly because I don't think either one of us really wants to talk about the game all that much, even though this is the episode you wanted to do. Uh <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's alright, I guess this has been a failed two production.
0: <laughs> You're not getting out of it this easy. We do have a call to take, uh, and so I thought we would let one of our listeners define the game for us, and then we don't have to do quite as much work here. So, let's go ahead and hear what the caller has to say about deeps breath here. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020.
1: Or, or if the, the cover says Tokyo 2020 Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games.
0: But then the spine has it in the proper order, so we, we'll go by the spine.
1: Sonic and Mario at the Games of the
0: 32nd Olympiad. <laughs> All right, let's play the call.
2: Hey, Kyle. Uh, this is Jebaha I have not called, and I think a year now at this point, um, but I've had a lot going on in life. I got married, and I am now... I've just not bought a home, and regardless, I'm, I'm heading uh, home from work now and I saw on Facebook as I was walking out that you guys are gonna be doing an episode on Dun Kong being an Olympic athlete. Uh I don't really have anything to add as far as how that would apply to the lore. That's more I guess what more we you are you are going to be doing and uh I look forward to hearing that. But I guess I'll give a little mini review of the game. Uh played with a buddy of mine. It is uh the very definition of mediocre. As novel as the idea as Marvel and Sonic at the Olympic Games is and how hilarious that felt in the outset. Please don't make any more. Uh just not good games. Uh but regardless, um Donkey Kong is broken. Uh if you actually had it in an Olympic Games. At least in my opinion. Too strong. Uh but hey, that's what makes it so great. Um, Oh, one more thing. Uh, You never came out with the Mario and Rabbids video, man. Uh, If you're you're having trouble looking for someone to join you on the episode, hey, man, just just give me a a call. Give me a holler. Anyway, uh, you guys have provided a lot of happiness for me over the past uh, year. I've still been keeping up with you. Um, Hopefully my calls will make more sense later on. But yeah, have a good episode.
0: Thank you, Jebha. Uh Congrats on buying a house, brag much, and getting married. Uh, <laughs> call me when you have a boat, why don't you? And yeah, mediocre is is a good way to sum it up. Look, there, there is. Well, first of all, first of all, to to your last point, too, the Mario Plus Rabbits Kingdom Battle episode, which. By the way, is a game I am enjoying immensely right now, and I had to put down for a bit to play this, <laughs> in this game. Uh, that that is coming very very soon. I know I've been saying it, but I I have been taking diligent notes. I think it's gonna be a two parter actually, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do have a co host lined up. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good. Uh, I think duology of episodes, so I know everybody 's been waiting for it i've been waiting for it uh and it 'll be fun just explaining why it 's taken so long to to get it up off the ground but um yeah thank- thank you for the call mediocre mediocre david um do you think that's a fair assessment
1: um yeah i guess
0: yeah i i don't want to just trash this game because it is. It is a piece of software that had, obviously, a lot of work.
1: It certainly is a piece of
0: software. Yeah, it had a lot of... I was going to call it a piece of art, but I was like, maybe that's a bridge too far. <laughs> well, technically it is, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, what is art? This is a game that had a lot of work put into it, and there are aspects of it I really do think are neat. <laughs> uh, there, like it, it's. Um, th- there are some Olympic events in this game that are fun, uh, amusing to play as. I think the the story is batshit insane. Uh, maybe not quite batshit insane. It's not Mario Tennis Aces level. But it's it's more bug shit insane. It's a, a little smaller dollop of excrement. It, there, there are things to like about this game. And if you are a Mario and Sonic fan, uh, or Mario or Sonic fan, if you're a fan of one or both of the properties, I think you'll get more out of it vis-a-vis fan service. If you're coming into this, though, just as a Donkey Kong fan... There's not a whole lot to really sink your teeth into. Donkey Kong's in it. Diddy Kong, you'll, you'll see. St- a little bit. And it also comes like really late in the game, too. Yeah, yeah. D- Diddy, he, he's unlockable in, in the rugby game. Um, in story mode, uh, Diddy is there, though, but there, there, there's just not a whole lot there. And I question why Donkey Kong had to be in this at all. It feels like, he He's just in it because of tradition because he is a cameo game character of renown and he was in the mario kart sixty four cast which is kind of the the prototypical cast that all these games um were were s- sort of um gelled in and um it it's the mold that all cameo games that came after followed. Granted, I mean, Super Mario Kart and and stuff, but I think Mario Kart 64 really shored up uh, who who the the essential components would be, and then other characters have been added to it over time. Uh, Anyway, the the game itself, though, I found some of the games to be... uh, actually quite a lot of fun. The more tactile sports... For example, like boxing, karate, uh, fencing. And and a real quick note on fencing, David. It was during the fencing, the, the first time I booted up fencing, and I was fencing as Donkey Kong, that it dawned on me that there are two animal buddies in the Donkey Kong series with fencing names. Engard and Perry whoa yeah i never really put that together and you're like well perry is named because he's perry the parallel bird but perry also uh you know he he's got the um the the beak and he can he can take out boot uh booty birds right so it's like perry uh it's like like you're you've got a fencing uh what, what, what it they called? Sword? I don't know what, what, I don't, I don't know what the terminology is. Yeah. It's foil. Foil. Yes. Uh, so then you've got on guard, obviously. That one you should know, but yeah, Perry kind of threw me for a loop. So when I was playing the fencing game and all this terminology was being thrown at me, I was like, oh my God. Cause I was going I was like, haha, Perry, like the parallel bird. And then the match started and it said unguard. And I was like, what? anyway uh and, and he, the equest then it says Expresso, which was weird yeah <laughs> glower the tadpole i was like what does that even mean in fencing uh the equestrian event was also it's it's also fun it's clunky but but i i enjoyed it because it it was something to do that wasn't just tapping a button relentlessly because that is where this game really falls. Yeah, And
1: I actually like the, uh, sport climbing, uh, that it, uh, reminds me of a uh, DK King of swing. It reminds like me of that E3 video.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's a harder to control DK King swing. In my opinion, DK King of swing feels yeah. more intuitive than the rock climbing or, or whatever it's called here is, um, I mean, if
1: that was intentional, then probably Diddy would have been the guest character instead of uh Rouge,
0: yeah, that's the thing. Why is Diddy the guest character in rugby uh, like there's there's no thematic connection to any of this, and that's why I say if you're coming at this as purely a Donkey Kong fan like I am you're you're not gonna get any true fan service. There are one or two little nods in there, which we will spoil for you on this episode. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, sure, sure. forgot the uh, spoiler alert for this game. It's yeah. been out for a year and a half.
0: Spoiler alert. They all die in the end. Clearly, like, Donkey Kong didn't even need to be here. Like, the, the fan service is purely from a Mario and Sonic. And really, Sonic. Like, Sonic comes comes away smelling like roses. Because this is a Sega game. So, it's like, is always going to excel with the Kirby fan service uh no matter what smash iteration it is and and then you know other franchises are kind of going to be left out in the cold a little bit um th- th- this is this is basically the o- olympiad version of smash 4 for the donkey kong series um i i thought the equestrian event was was okay though and that's funny to me because um you know we, we talk about the ponies quite a bit on this podcast, whenever you're on David, for some reason, um, pony ponies always come up because a lot of these uh, events. I do like My Little Pony. <laughs> a lot of these events are in other Mario Sports games, or at least in in some iteration, they are. Um, you've you've got Mario Sports Superstars for the 3DS that had the ponies. There's table tennis in this game, which is basically a a a really stripped down version of Mario Tennis. And there's also
1: badminton, which is also a stripped down version of Mario Tennis.
0: Yeah, ba- badminton is just Mario Tennis without the extra bounce. And I I enjoyed those, but it w- it just felt like, "Oh, I could be playing Mario Tennis right now, but I'm playing this worse version." <laughs> so those are the games. That, I mean,
1: I did like the worst version of DK King of Swing that
0: they had. So yeah, that's true. I, sometimes, of course, when's the last time we've had a version of DK King of Swing? Uh, Jungle Climber was the last one. Like we just had a Mario Tennis game the other the other year. So I don't know. Like the, it was the track and field events that I loathed. I I I thought they were just bottom of the barrel. Uh, more basic than a Mario Party minigame, completely unengaging in every way, and actually furiating at times. Uh, they're just button mashers. They, they're just uh, repeatedly press the A button. Now press this other button. You're done. How'd you do? And I, I understand. Yeah, it's over like
1: 10 seconds.
0: I, I understand when you're bringing over a dozen Olympic sports in, into this Platform, you need to come up with simple control mechanisms for all of them, and it it can't be easy. But I don't know. Like there's a reason I was more engaged when you had a more robust control scheme versus just the mindless mashers. They they did not do it for me, and I felt like some of the sports also fell victim to this. I was excited about surfing um and and surfing was just uh, a complete dud for me because of the control scheme but in all honesty i'm sure sur- i mean surfing is, is pr- probably more boring than people realize because it's a lot of just paddling around waiting for that wave and you know there's that nes i
1: don't know i kind of like surfing
0: yeah there's that nes surf and skate game um with 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 the funky kong xp before there was even funky kong as a character uh i liked i liked that but surfing was also the weakest aspect of that game so i did like the skateboarding one kind of
1: play like a simplified tony hawk's pro skater
0: it it was very simplified but
1: you don't have to give activision blizzard any money so
0: yeah (laughs) i think mario kart tour is a better simplified tony hawk though than this uh. Simplify Tony Hawk. In my opinion. I, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the trick tracks on Cart uh, Tour are are a lot more fun for me than this was. So I'm saying all this, though, from the perspective that I did not try the motion controls. David, I know you did. And I want to hear your yeah, perspective. a little bit. Do they make them more fun?
1: Um, I... Sport climbing, uh, I did for sport climbing, which, uh, took some getting used to. It was like, is this what real sport climbing is like? Uh, but, uh, I think I prefer the shoulder buttons on that one. Um, but I did like do also do a like, bunch of hundred meter, uh, runs and, uh, it's kind of like, you know, that Wii Sports c- style waggle. Yeah. Probably not going to play it again, but, uh, you know, so I got a bunch of. That Wii Sports audience maybe have some fun with it, I guess. It was better than mashing buttons, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, I, I would not recommend the button controls on those games. Uh, but I think boxing. Boxing was a lot of fun. Karate was a lot of fun. Anything involving fighting was fun with, with the button controls. But, uh, yeah, track and field just wasn't it. Javelin in particular. Ja- did, did you ever get the hang of the javelin?
1: i um think so i mean i got <laughs> enough of a hanging to, it to get through the story mode
0: yeah i so i don't know the, the the javelin kept falling limp for me and i was like this is a metaphor i
1: mean, it was the di- discus throw like i think i kept like rotating the control stick as fast as possible like a mario party game but i think that one get make, makes you foul up
0: did you uh rip the skin off your palm I think they make control sticks better. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the N sixty four analog stick was uh, a death trap in in its design. And then there were the 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 nineteen sixty four games, uh, the the Tokyo nineteen sixty four games, which is the
1: yeah, they're like styled like video games of nineteen sixty four. I guess
0: yeah. yeah. So th- this is a good time to launch into the story mode because. Th- this provides the justification for the 1964 Tokyo games. And th- th- okay, so this is the bizarre nature of this concept. The, the whole conception for uh, the story mode of this game, which I am appreciative, there is a story mode that it isn't just a bunch of cheap mini games. In a sterile bundle, at least they tried and and they've done this before. I mean, story mode isn't new, but uh, you know, as this is the first Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, we are giving a proper first impressions of here on the conversation you know i i'm I'm not really judging it by the past games in a series. I'm just like at least they tried, and they did give us a story mode here, but the story is so weird. So it, it revolves around this device, this little video game arcade console called the Tokyo 64. And you're like, well, that's, that's clever because the last time the Olympics were in Tokyo was 1964. And obviously 64 is, is a number that has great significance for Nintendo and Mario and, and Donkey Kong. So. Yeah, Tokyo 64. It's a play on the Nintendo 64. Okay. All right. I get that. It's a Nintendo 64 reference, but the actual games that take place in the Tokyo 64, because spoilers, Mario and Sonic get sucked into this device and it gets stuck in this video game world. They, they are games that utilize sprites from the 1980s Nintendo Entertainment System and the early 1990s Sega Genesis. Now, if they were
1: really committed, it would have just been a bunch of uh, green dots on an oscilloscope, like 1964.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was just thinking that. So, tonally, it doesn't know what it wants to be, because it, they, they want to have these retro sprites of Mario and Sonic competing against each other but they don't even get the eras right like like sh- it should be Super Mario World Mario and Peach and Bowser versus Sega Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog and Dr. Eggman it it's so disjointed and then they compete in these 2D games that i guess take a page from various you know 8-bit games Uh, of the day, but it's just, I don't know. And maybe I'm frustrated because why not just throw in the ACM, uh, sprite of donkey Kong in there too. But,
1: um, or, or if they're going like, you know, eight bit style, maybe like donkey Kong jr. From off of donkey Kong jr.
0: You know, had they just gone out and had this be the game that fully confirms that the modern donkey Kong is donkey Kong jr. Grown up. Uh, then we would be singing nothing but praises for this. We're easy to bribe, Sega. Like, we're, we're of course, e-
1: it was m- more likely that they would have just done a young Cranky Kong, and yeah, that we yeah. would have had to spend keep telling people, no, 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 Cranky Kong was the original one. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I know, I know. Uh, that's that's the go to sprite they would have used, um, Super Mario Odyssey style. So, anyway. The story involves a trap by Bowser and Dr. Eggman to, to, uh, I, get, I I suck Mario and Sonic into this device. And, you know, they play it off like time travel, but I don't think it's really time travel. They're just in this simulation of the Tokyo 64 games. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and then basically then to get out you have to win all the
1: gold medals
0: yeah so to to get out you basically need to charge this battery um and it's charged with excitement
1: okay so yeah so back in the real world they had because the uh, battery for the tokyo 64 console was running low so in the real world luigi and tails and whoever else was joining had to charge this excitement battery, <laughs> charged by the excitement of the crowd, except during the 2020 Olympics there was no crowd.
0: So well, they're just going to ignore that yeah,
1: because the game came out a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not going to ignore it. I have explanations for everything, David. <laughs> it is cool, I guess, on some level to see Luigi and Tails teaming up, and then later on they, you know, encounter Diddy Kong. So it's cool that all these, like, second banana sidekick. Heroes are are like meeting, and I mean they've met before, but you know it. It's I guess conceptually cool, but again, it's it's execution. It's like, is this really how you want to do it? Is it, is this really what people had in mind when they fantasize about all these characters coming together? I, no, no, absolutely not. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't really care for the Tokyo '64 games. They are. A novelty, and they—they're a novelty that can't even appeal to me uh, because they don't have Donkey Kong elements in it. Nor can they keep it consistent. What—what what the point is of having eight-bit Mario go against sixteen-bit seg- uh, Sega characters like Sonic? It's—it's it's just, I don't know. It—it it, it feels like they didn't know what they wanted it to be, and because of that, any novelty behind it is just lost in translation so you mentioned the little what are supposed to be the lack of crowds obviously there are stadiums full of cheering people here but they're all mario and and uh sonic drones uh like npcs yeah your
1: toads and uh all and uh yeah so the flickies and uh
0: Right. Whatever those bunnies were called. and Yeah. So, does this game take place in the last two weeks? You know, circa 2021.
1: Uh, well, it is called Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, so...
0: Yes, but officially... It must
1: take place at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020.
0: Yes, officially, though, even though the games are taking place in 2021, these are still the 2020 Olympics. So... You know, I, I've seen a lot of speculation that perhaps this game takes place in an alternate twenty twenty where COVID never happened. And no, I, I think it takes place late July through early August of 2021. Um because there are the, the, the attendees that we see are only Mushroom Kingdom and Sonic World. I know Cartoon fans are going wanna say Mobius. Uh, Cameron Regal gave me a little education before we recorded about Sonic the Hedgehog's world and what it's called. And I realized it's called Mobius in the cartoons, but not actually in the games. And they go out of their way, not, not to reference what it's called in the games.
1: I think the games just, some of the games take place on earth, like the Sonic Adventure games, I think.
0: I think it's just an alternate. You
1: no, know, I like call the, the NPCs are just like regular people, but there's just bright blue animals. In this perfectly normal world for some reason?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's an alternate Earth where where you can have anthropomorphic animals running around, and it's just perfectly normal. Uh, and you have, like, analogs of Earth cities that aren't actually the Earth cities, but yeah that's not my area of expertise and I don't want Josh Wallen the geek critique to be yelling screaming as he listens to this so I'm just going to avoid it entirely but these two realms are coming together in Tokyo to be to be spectators in the middle of a worldwide global pandemic so that that raises a couple of possibilities here David one those those realms mushroom kingdom and sonic's world they don't have anti-vaxxers in those realms. <laughs> uh Rupert Murdoch's reach has not extended that far. Uh Facebook is, is non existent, or or at least Facebook is better moderated for disinformation. Um or it could be because these uh these these entities, these these creatures, toads, mushroom people, Yoshis, what have you, they are actually immune covid to the effects of covid and you know then that raises even more questions if they are immune to covid and they're able to just sit around maskless in tokyo uh, were were they immune to the original covid what about the delta variant and uh if they are immune to it um could we develop an even stronger vaccine from their blood i don't know um yeah, i'm just gonna- <laughs> I think we we have an in-universe rationale for why there are no actual citizens of Tokyo sitting in the stands in the Tokyo uh, games here in, in this presentation of them. It's because uh, for whatever reason, the, the citizens of the other realms who are cheering on Mario and Sonic and friends don't have to worry about COVID. So, there you go. Um but, but but can Mario still catch COVID? Oh, yeah. Well, no. Mario's been vaccinated. I, I give Mario a lot of shit, but he is a doctor, even though he is losing his license oh. at the end of October. <laughs> so,
1: or, or is that why he's losing his license?
0: Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, all those jokes about Mario dying at the end of March when, uh, when, when Nintendo was pulling uh, 3D All-Stars. Uh, what, what if what if Mario dies at the end of the Olympics? What what if like chronol in the chronology, this is the last Mario game, and we'll just boot up Mario Kart Tour after the Olympics are over with within an like announcement. We're sad to report that Mario passed away August twelfth, twenty twenty one, and there's just like a a render of him with a ventilator. <laughs> looking sad like oh i should have got the vaccine we don't know uh we don't know what nintendo's planning but probably not gonna happen mario's probably not gonna die
1: now uh, dr eggman is vaccinated but he's one going on tv telling people not to get vaccinated
0: yeah yeah you know had they known a global pandemic was coming i'm sure they would have altered the plot for bowser and eggman to team up with a better plan than using this uh this Tokyo 64 device like they, they they would have utilized COVID they wouldn't have. the IOC would have never agreed to that Nintendo would have never agreed to it in a perfect world though yeah there would have been a COVID plot to this game anyway yeah so I I like to think this this does take place in the here and now and I'm just for the absurdity of a game in 2019 taking place in 2021 uh, with this whole dark undercurrent that nobody predicted would would have tainted these Olympic Games, kind of the beginning of the story mode. Uh, like Amy's
1: talking about who wanted to uh, start the hundred meter dash but couldn't find any competitors.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, if if you look closely enough and you read between the lines enough, there are like times when you could j- it just lines up perfectly and it makes you chuckle. Uh, so yeah, er- earlier when I was complaining about selecting a nation for Donkey Kong and the existential panic this caused as far as continuity and lore goes, uh, raised the question: Why are Mario and Sonic's friends randomly representing different nations? So in story mode, there's a, there's a constant reference to the quote unquote spectators being. Thrilled! Oh, the spectators will be thrilled by this event. Hey, these characters just like stumble in, like Luigi and Tails just bumble into a, a situation. Hey, uh, we're going to be competing in this uh, event. Do you want to compete against us? And I was like,
1: That's how the Olympics work. You just walk into an event and compete.
0: Yeah. How easygoing is the IOC in the middle of this pandemic? They're like, Oh shit, we don't. You know, it's like, did did everybody just like? get suspended for weed use or you know like simone Biles, just like take time off for her own good and and so it's just up to this weird plumber in green overalls strolling it's like hey do you want to compete in the olympics yeah get in here you're a gymnast now
1: sure yeah i'm sure this mutant fox could probably (laughs) do
0: something (laughs) <laughs> Which, why, why isn't NBC covering any of this? This, this is good shit. This is, this is crazy. People would love this and yet they're just blocking it out. They're not reporting on any of it because we don't know if this weird mustachioed man represents the US or Italy or Japan. <laughs> so we don't want to cover him. Anyway, so my, my theory though on, on the spectators being thrilled suggests that And this could be a unifying theory for the entire Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games series. These aren't actual Olympic events, as in what we watch on TV or or hear on the radio or read about on the internet. These are exhibitions put on by the IOC to drum up interest in the Olympics, but they aren't actually like going into the record books in in any real way it's a way to t- make the olympics multiversal by bringing in the these alternate earths like the mushroom kingdom and sonics world without sacrificing the tradition of it being a singular competition between the nations of our earth
1: or what if uh this all takes place before the actual olympics and say you know late 2019 um no <laughs> That would explain why there's any crowds,
0: but again, the crowds aren't humans, so okay, fair enough. So I I, like this. This would also explain because I know the IOC has a bunch of weird rules about like presenting the Olympics and what you can show and you can't show. None of the characters get real Olympic medals in this game. They're 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 weird, like knockoff versions of the Olympic medals, despite this game being authorized by the IOC. So I, I, I would think that would explain why there's this weird degree of separation between the Olympics that we all know and this sort of bastardized cartoony version. It's because these are put on by the IOC, but they are more exhibitions, uh, perhaps in, in the late aughts, uh when when this tradition started it it was just like oh oh man ratings are down uh, it's just we we we've got to do something to make the olympics relevant for today's youth and and this is what they stumbled on is bringing in the multiverse and and bringing in mario and sonic's worlds and and having these these kind of um exhibition bouts that uh are there for the benefit of multiversal watchers and and also the the citizens of those worlds i'm reaching here david i i realize i'm reaching here but it's the only thing that makes sense especially with the complete uh laid back way these characters seem to get into these events and compete
1: well we all know that the tvs on donkey kong island can pick up nbc so there's
0: no problem there (laughs) how else are they gonna watch their friend jimmy fallon david (laughs) <laughs> Jimmy Fallon Hey, hey, we're gonna go and Reggie's gonna go on Jimmy Fallon To promote Donkey Kong Country Returns And Jimmy Fallon has, He's like, hey, 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 Donkey Kong He's back, everyone Oh, oh, it's great, it's great Look, Nintendo 3DS, it's 3D I'm not, Who cares about Donkey Kong anymore yeah, 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 hey, hey, of course Nintendo was the one to come up with 3D gaming Hey, they did it, everyone Oh, oh, this is great Hey, Reggie, do you wanna play Beer Pong? Oh, hey. The Olympics I was just, I was just getting getting, getting on a Jimmy Fallon uh, hate on there for a second. It's, it's very easy for me to do. I apologize yeah I mean I, I think that it, it would also make sense why you have all these characters competing in every Olympic event because you know which was strange credibility I like I, 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 it, it's hard to suspend your disbelief. When you you know you have these real world, real life Olympic athletes like Simone Biles who who trains all their life in, in one very specific sport and, and and or athletic exhibition.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, just some hedgehog and a gorilla and
0: a plumber can just walk
1: right in and get gold
0: medals. Yeah, yeah, because because you you, you look at the mental toll it takes on them, how utterly draining exhausting, even degrading it can get, being on the world stage like that and, and having all these expectations placed on you by your home country to take home the gold, we're all rooting for you, and, and it's just like, it, it, it's just absurd what what's expected of them and then, yeah, meanwhile here here's Tails Tails from off of Sonic the Hedgehog doing everything, doing everything well
1: an Italian plumber representing Nigeria for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's um, the the only plausible way I, I can think this this could work while respecting the rules of reality is is that that they they are silly little events. So, like, yeah, Mario is is doing the hundred meter dash, and and Daisy is is surfing. But they're not really good at it, right? They're, they're not that skilled at it. I mean, we can all run with a poll, sure. But how good are you, really? So that's my workaround. As far as the, the representing different countries go, haven't quite worked that out yet. I think it's just... Um, it, it might be a way... To get the nations of Earth interested in this uh, exhibition mode, because like, who who the fuck are these? Who's this crocodile man? This this alligator man? Who who is this this metal hedgehog that's running around? What the hell is happening? I I but oh, you're you're representing uh, Hungary. Cool, let's root for you. Shadow the hedgehog. I I don't know. Like it, it's it's. It's stupid. It's it's stupid no matter how you, you work it out, but uh, that that's, yeah, I mean maybe I'll have Donkey Kong be, you know representing the UK because of the rare connection, I don't know. That, that it, I, I would like him to represent Donkey Kong Island, but you can't represent Donkey Kong Island in this. Donkey Kong Island gets one mention, uh, but it's not even re- referenced by name so much, it's just alluded to. So, yeah. It, it's, um... It's a lot to keep me up at night. And this game gives me anxiety as a result. <laughs> Try, trying to work out how it all works out. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's just a, a headache that you almost wish didn't exist. But there are tie-ins. There, there are ways that the continuity kind of just spills out and, and works effortlessly. And one of the ways... That is the case is Mario Kart Tour. So you know Mario Kart Tour is a game that I've been talking about quite a bit on the conversation as of late. Uh, once I discovered the actual joys that are inherent therein, then I I was able to really make it a part of my daily routine. Every morning I get up and like I I brush my teeth. Uh, I I wa- I get a shower. I, I wash my face with a, a scrub that keeps me eternally youthful and while while I, I'm wearing the scrub as a face mask, I pull out my phone and I play Mario Kart Tour first thing in the morning. And I play the quick
1: I did that for a bit, but uh, I uh, it's taking up a lot of space on my phone and I have an old phone. Oh yeah. So you, you can't really I deleted it and I deleted it and somehow I'm still constantly running out of space.
0: Yeah, that's that's just do you have an iPhone? uh yeah yeah But like
1: the uh old old se the one that still has a headphone jack
0: yeah yeah my my phone was doing that where it was just it's, i think apple was just the leading space on it it was just like get a new phone get a new phone uh you can't really enjoy mario Hey, now Car- i
1: have 800 meg. oh now i have no space free like yeah
0: yeah you can't you can't really enjoy mario kart tour unless you uh you have the phone for it but Anyway, so I, I I played every day, just a little bit, drips and drabs here and there. And coinciding with the Olympics, because the, Mario Kart Tour is arranged, so every two weeks you have a new tour. And a lot of those tours often take place in a real-world locale. So a couple of weeks ago, they were in Los Angeles, which is really cool because the track, the L.A. track, it you know it's got various landmarks like Dodger Stadium and the Los Angeles Convention Center. So oh my God, I can have Dixie Kong, I can have Funky Kong driving right through E three, and, and you know L A is a place I've lived in. I I have gone on so many work trips to L A over the years that it is essentially a home away from home, and. It it, it was honestly really trippy to see the Kongs driving through areas and landmarks that I kind of know quite well at this point. So uh, that's, that's really cool. Well, after the L.A. tour, they were back in Tokyo and that, you know, they did it purely as a shameless tie in like, hey, the Olympics are happening. Let's bring back Mario Kart Tour to Tokyo and bring back the Tokyo Blur Track. And that's all well and good, but when you think about it, David, and I brought this up on Mm. on Twitter uh, when when I had this realization, Mario Kart Tour went back to Tokyo because Mario and his friends and Donkey Kong are all competing in the Olympic Games. And the only way to make their Mario Kart Tour duties work with their Olympic duties was to take Mario Kart Tour back to Tokyo. Continuity is flawless. I, I, I am, I, I mean, granted, I'm sure nobody working on Mario Kart Tour was thinking in those terms. But what is Donkey Kong continuity if not just a bunch of happy little Bob Ross-esque accidents along the way?
1: So, they are completing every single Olympic
0: event and kart racing? I'm pretty sure they do a lot of uppers. I, I'm pretty sure Donkey Kong's heart is going to give out at any moment. All that burning DK he must drink to stay awake. Especially with the jet lag. Like, no, I, I assume they, tr- they fast travel via warp pipe, but it, it's still like, oh, I, I'm in Tokyo and I, I am like, completely different time zone. I am jet lagged and I have to do all these events. Oh now excuse me, my Mario Kart tour duties mean I must leave Tokyo temporarily and go race in Donut Plains back in the Mushroom Kingdom. I will be back Yeah it's it's it it's exhausting. But it, it kind of syncs up in a weird cool way. So uh I appreciate that. Now Diddy. I, I've talked a lot about Donkey Kong. Diddy is also in the game, albeit briefly, and not enough for my liking.
1: Yeah, so pretty late in the uh, story mode, uh, you get to play a match of rugby with Diddy Kong, and then once you win that, you can uh, play as Diddy in the just a quick match, but only in rugby. Only in rugby, which when I think of Diddy Kong... Rugby sevens, whatever that is. (laughs) I don't don't
0: know. But yeah, whatever I... I don't know. I never never played the first six. Whenever I think of... The hard-hitting sport of rugby, I think of Diddy Kong. Now, maybe, granted, Diddy is, what, the only UK-created character in the game. So if you're, if you're going to attach him to a sport that uh, is associated with the UK, maybe, maybe that is uh, an actual reference. Like, oh, we're going to put the the British character, Diddy Kong, in, in the rugby game. But again, I don't. Maybe I'm giving them way too much credit here, and and they didn't actually think it through that much. Um, now you brought. I think I noticed about
1: uh, Diddy's hat. Um, it's just a plain red hat. It doesn't have that uh, Nintendo logo that said. And uh, I think the last time he wore just a plain red hat was like DK King of Swing.
0: Well, I think DK King of Swing like. He-
1: and that game had like a simpler art style, yeah. so maybe they just didn't bother drawing it.
0: I'm pretty sure DK King is swing, he's supposed to have the Nintendo logo, or just like just something to overlook. Like the the last time I think he was supposed to be portrayed in game and he didn't have the Nintendo logo was Donkey Kong sixty four. Um but you know, he's had the Nintendo logo on his hat since uh, Donkey Kong Country Two. That was what really like in in the in um promotional renders and artwork he had the stars and he had the Nintendo logo but originally 1994 Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Land he didn't have the Nintendo logo on his hat so did did he have the Nintendo logo on his past appearances in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games
1: um I don't know
0: okay so so There is a reason why he doesn't have the Nintendo logo on his hat. Do you want to explain? Because you're the one who told me this and uh, I I find it fascinating when we talk about the IOC and the hoops that Sega had to jump through.
1: So I guess they have rules around product placement, I guess.
0: Yes. So even though he is a Nintendo character in a Nintendo Switch game, the IOC would be like, hey, if you're going to have this character this monkey competes in rugby in the olympics he's not allowed to wear the nintendo logo because that is product placement and that is a no-no in the olympics you can you can make deals after you come home from the olympics then you can have deals but there, you know there's still rules to it like okay so like i don't know if-
1: well, i guess they don't know about the uh, star shirt company that makes diddy's shirt
0: Oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Diddy's being sneaky. <laughs> or, or it could just be that, um, I mean, in universe, this, this would also be the reason why he wouldn't be able to have the Nintendo hat. But this is cool because it allows us to bring back his original hat in universe. And he's wearing it like he pulls that out of his closet, and he's like, "I guess I have to wear this because they won't let me wear the Nintendo hat when I'm in the Olympics." Uh, it's that it, that's that's fascinating to me that the red hat, like the the pure red hat, makes a comeback after all of this time, or or at least in this series after all of this time. And, and yeah, so it just it's just bizarre to me that you know, because technically, like Donkey Kong has the DK on his tie. Mario has the ammo, and it's like, those are both brands, right? So that's fine, but the Nintendo hat is, is a bridge too far, even though it's just a piece of Diddy's wardrobe. Uh, speaking of wardrobe, though, why is it that, like, all of the Sega characters have Olympic outfits? And a lot of the Mario characters do, but not all of them. And Donkey and Diddy do not have any Olympic clothes. They just wear their normal clothes. DK's tie, Diddy's uh, shirt and hat. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, to Mario Golf Super Rush, too. Donkey Kong is not wearing golfing clothes in that. And, And I'm wondering, is there some sort of edict from Nintendo that you can't put Donkey and Diddy in clothes that aren't their clothes? I, I mean, Skylanders got away with it, but did something change after Skylanders?
1: Yeah, but like, and so is Yoshi and Bowser. But you know, Sonic and Tails can have shirts, though.
0: Yeah, beca- but but I I think there there must be some bizarre Nintendo edict here because Sega can do whatever they want with their characters, and they said, yeah, it's cool. All the the Sonic characters can be decked out in, in Olympic gear, uh, but only certain except Nintendo Metal characters Sonic. Except Metal Sonic, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's uh it's a conundrum, and I don't know how Nintendo works. I can figure out the IOC better than I can figure out Nintendo and their philosophy at times. There, there's uh, still so I'm still hung up on Diddy here because you you also get some trivia, some Diddy trivia that you yeah. can unlock.
1: Yeah, throughout yeah, so throughout the story mode, you can you know collect a bunch of trivia, most of which are about the Olympic Games where. You ask you a question and you press the A button to reveal the answer. So, uh, and they also have uh, fun facts about the characters. So, uh, hey, maybe I could uh, quiz you on uh, what they had to say about Diddy Kong.
0: You better be taking notes because Gruntilda will ask you this at the end of the episode.
1: What body part does Diddy Kong have but not Donkey Kong?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so your mind immediately goes somewhere lewd, right? Like, well,. Donkey has the well-defined ass, so I'm going to say Donkey Kong has the badonkadonk, right? Diddy Kong, this is the correct answer, Diddy Kong has a tail. Donkey Kong doesn't.
1: And the trivia me get for Donkey Kong says, what is the mark on Donkey Kong's necktie? And it shows a picture of Donkey Kong so you can
0: just look at it. (laughs) Yes, the answer, and and I'm quoting, the answer is DK. Donkey Kong wears a red necktie marked with his own initials in yellow letters. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, for that matter, though, Donkey Kong also gets a biography. Yeah, when he turns you in the story mode. Yeah, so, so here's Donkey Kong's biography. King of the jungle and superstar of the Kong family. He's so strong, it isn't funny. He'd do anything for a banana. Or 10. But I want to go back to that middle part. He's so strong, it isn't funny, David. That would make him approximately as strong as Chunky Kong. You know, I'm going to say, that's With- that's just Chunky Kong erasure. Like, they are completely stealing Chunky Kong's verses from the DK rap and applying them to Donkey Kong. And I don't like that.
1: Now he's strong and he can pull levers.
0: Yeah, I mean... Do, do, maybe does Chunky have prosthetic
1: golfing fingers?
0: Uh, do they make him in his size? Th- we, we we wouldn't know, would we? Because we haven't seen Chunky Kong uh, except in spirit form in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate since they started utilizing prosthetic golfing fingers in the Kong community. Tiny Kong got prosthetic golfing fingers, but Chunky is, is a four fingered Kong by birth, so we. Like, presumably, he would start using the prosthetic golfing fingers, but again, we wouldn't know because not only does, Ch- has Chunky Kong not really appeared since uh, the buyout, since Donkey Kong 64, minus like a cameo appearance in Donkey Kong Country 3 Game Boy Advance, which might just be a Chunky Kong hologram, but now they're taking his lyrics, his, his iconic lines, from the DK rat, and applying them to Donkey Kong? I mean, they already took away his hell and changed it to heck. What is next?
1: And Now maybe Donkey Kong is a hell of a guy who is faster and can jump higher.
0: Yeah, it's just weird to me they would reference the DK rap, but, I mean, I guess they can't reference the coconut gun? King of the Jungle and Superstar of the Kong family. He fires and spurts. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's weird to me. So also weird, is the reference to Donkey Kong Island. So, it, it, I I also need to bring this up because Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong both speak in the, the native Kong language in this game. So we know they're perfectly capable of speaking English or, or whatever your own native language is as translated by the game itself. We've seen them do it a few times. We've heard Donkey Kong vocalize words. Okay. He still does it in Mario Golf Super Rush. So they, they can speak human language, but for whatever reason, in the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, games, they, they always speak, their dialogue is, is always this ook, ook, ook. And then in parentheses, we see what they really mean by saying ook, ook, ok, ook. Ok. A- and I-, I-, I hate this because they speak human language. Just roll with it, Nintendo. I don't know why. I think this is another bizarre Nintendo edict. We're like, well, the Kongs don't speak uh, English or Japanese or-, or French outside of their own games. And I'm just like, just shut up. Shut up. You're overthinking this. Now, there are workarounds in the canon. Don't you worry, people. I've I, I I've figured it out, and I figured this out some time ago. They speak the native Kong language as sort of uh, a code, right? They don't want... Like, when they're not on Donkey Kong Island, they don't want their enemies understanding what they have to say. And, and friends like uh, Mario and... and Rosalina, they they have learned how to speak uh, the, the the native Kong language. What, um, so they understand I'm just fine. But if if any like prying humans uh, are are nearby, they don't want them to know what they're saying. So that is why they're speaking the ook ook ooks uh, in these games. It, it's all just clever Kong coding. Um so yeah so i i don't I don't even know if this would be Donkey Kong's native language or it's something they just learn in Kong College when they're young, like uh like how how you you know they still have like Latin courses in high school, and it's like why are you teaching Latin? It's a dead language it's ju- it's just a way for the overly educated to feel smug. that's all Latin serves,
1: and then if you go on an island copulated by intelligent monkeys, then you could just speak Latin so they won't be able to understand you.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's just a code. It's just a code for for weird people who speak Latin to communicate with each other. But it's a dead language. Uh, so I imagine they speak like, I, I imagine like that Kongs learn the Kong language. Maybe it's something that like Rinkley didn't teach the Kremlins when she ran Kong College on Crocodile Isle. Like maybe it is a way for Kongs to communicate with each other Um even though they, they never use it around Kremlin, so that doesn't really make sense. Anyway, it, it's a second language they all know. Just roll with it. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, anyway, so in, in the story mode, at one point, when Donkey Kong comes into story mode and they use this to set up the surfing event, Donkey Kong is talking with Rosalina and, and they're, they're staring out at the ocean and, and Donkey Kong says, ook, ook, ok, ook, ok, which, In English means, yeah, I love it by the sea. Takes me back to our old tropical islands. Which is a sentence that you could unpack in a couple different ways. And that's what we're going to do.
1: The sea reminds him of the tropical island he lives on.
0: That's one way. But it's it's very awkward phrasing. Because if you're going to say, yeah... I love the ocean. It reminds me of my tropical island. Uh,
1: also, it kind of implies that they don't live there anymore. which
0: that, That's what that would imply if you're taking, taking it to mean that. However, look closely at the phrasing. Ook, ook, ook. Yeah, I love it by the sea. Takes me back to our old tropical island. What Donkey Kong is actually saying here, Dave is that he fucking hates competing in the Olympics. He's tired. He's burned out. He's been Mario Kart touring. He's been practicing medicine uh, in Dr. Mario World. He needs a break. He's burned out, and he has to compete in another Olympic Games. He doesn't even win real gold medals from it. What is the point of all of this? So he's saying, yeah, I love hanging out by the sea in while in Japan because I know... That if I if I go out on the ocean, it will take me back to my home. Donkey Kong is just looking for an escape route at this point. He like, look look at the intro to this game that is in our YouTube and SoundCloud episode artwork for this episode. Everybody like the Mario characters in Donkey Kong are just coming out onto the stadium, and everybody is looking like, exuberant or or boastful, you know, proud. Donkey Kong is the only one who looks miserable. He he he's got this almost like half stoned expression. And uh he he like he almost looks like he's just plotting something. And I, I'm thinking he doesn't want to be there. I'm thinking this is just something he agreed to do because Mario signed him up. For it, and, and, you know, it's like, there's a reason he quit being a part of the Mario Party competitions, uh, as an active participant for several years. He got sick of it. And I think he's sick of the Olympics. He's sick, he's sick of doing this for over a decade. He didn't want to leave Donkey Kong Island in the middle of a global pandemic, but here he is. And so he's just wistfully looking out at the ocean, dreaming of going back. Or maybe I've just overthought it and it's poorly written word, uh, line of dialogue, and you know it, it means exactly what. Yeah, it
1: probably makes more sense in its original ape language.
0: <laughs> ook, 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 ook,
1: ook. ook, ook. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of subtleties in the inflection that
0: you know are sometimes hard to pick <laughs> yeah, up on. Yeah. Speaking of surfing, where the hell is Funky Kong? Okay. This, this really does upset me because you put Diddy as, as the, the, the rugby guest character, right? You, any character in the extended Mario and Donkey Kong cast that would be perfect for an event, a sport that is making its Olympics debut in, in the 2020 slash 2021 Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. It would be Funky Kong, the resident surfing character of the extended Mario Donkey Kong cast. What? You couldn't put Funky Kong in this game even at a limited capacity like you diddy? And, and Donkey Kong is introduced in the story mode, you know, it sets up the surfing. That couldn't be Funky Kong? What are you doing? <laughs> Like the like I I know I know like I I wrote off a lot of this game as mediocre and not worth getting upset about but this agitates me and and it and it shows
1: well you know Rosalina just makes sense you know well, cuz you know she has cosmic powers much like that silver surfer character
0: <laughs> it 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 shows me I think that they came up with the cast first and then they kind of sledgehammered them into these different roles rather than looking at the sports and like, what would be a cool character that we could utilize that would exemplify this sport? Funky Kong was right there. Uh, And it just doesn't sit with me that Donkey Kong would represent. And
1: he was in Mario Kart Wii, so, you know, there's, there's. he's in mario
0: kart tour he is literally in tokyo canonically during the events of these olympic games yet he is not competing in the surfing event why is that the case and it, it wouldn't make sense for donkey kong to be i know he's not representing donkey kong island but all the same it wouldn't make sense for him to be surfing when funky kong is right there well david we can just look to the new cycle of these Olympic Games and the IOC's own decisions for an explanation for this. I also brought this up on Twitter. He was suspended for marijuana use. Ah, even though it's perfectly legal on Donkey Kong Island. It's perfectly legal on Donkey Kong Island. But like Paul McCartney in 1980, he brought a big bag full of weed with him to Japan, thinking it was going to be fine. Uh the IOC tested him and they were like, Funky Kong, your your urine and and or or hair samples or whatever, they're just positively reeking with pot. And he and he's just like, Yeah, man, of course, I'm Funky Kong. And they're like, suspended and he was, he was like, Wow! and he, he, so he doesn't get to compete in the Olympic games. He qualified for these exhibitions. He was all set to go. He had his board polished, but all he can do while he's hanging out in Tokyo is, is it Mario Kart touring. He cannot compete. And, and that is my hard fanon. What is hard fanon? That is fanon that I acknowledge isn't canon but it is something that DK Vine will stick with for as long as I draw a breath, like prosthetic golfing fingers. That is hard fanning. And, and so that, that is why Funky Kong isn't in it. It's the only explanation. And if Funky Kong is never in a Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games summer uh, event where they have surfing, it's because every time he tokes up and they suspend him, and he you know, you'd think he would learn his lesson, but Lay's Funky Kong, he's he's going to go to Dr. Dank's dispensary. <gasps> Final thoughts, David. Um I don't know. It's alright. I mean, yeah, that that's 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 really what this game is. Like, if you are looking for a fun party game you can play with friends that utilizes the the Mario cast and the Donkey. Kongcast, or at least Donkey and Diddy Kong, for the Switch. Uh,
1: yeah, Super Mario Party. Super
0: Mario Party. Uh, it's it's right there. It basically does a lot of what this game does, but better. If you're looking for a good sports game, Mario Tennis Aces, Mario Golf Super Rush, NBA Twenty One. Well, uh, if, if you're looking for
1: FIFA. Um,
0: if, if if you're if you're looking for Mario or Donkey Kong-themed sports games, I'm saying. If you're if you're in it for the Sonic the Hedgehog fan service, then sure. Sure. I, I could see this game being a lot of fun for you. Uh, if you're in it for the novelty of the Mario and Sonic universes colliding... It's not much of a novelty at this point. But, but sure. Although I would say Super Smash Bros. Ultimate does it a whole lot better. So I, I can't really say I would recommend this game... Unless you're, you really want. If you
1: like seeing rare characters compete with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog characters, maybe Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing with Banjo Kazooie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So many games just do what this like any appeal this game has is outdone by by many other games. But if you want to see Donkey Kong fencing or or doing karate. Uh, I guess Karate Kong gave him lessons. I don't fuck know, but yeah, it's 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 there. It's it's not it's not the worst game. Um, it's not worth sixty bucks, but it it's got enough oddities about it. It's got enough curiosities that you know it, I'm going to be pondering some of the greater implications of this for some time to come, and you know it. it I don't know. It, it's not something I'm gonna say I love this game, but I'm not gonna rail against it like I did, you know, Mario Party for many, many years. It's not. It's not that infuriating. But again, I haven't really given a lot of time to the preceding entries in the series, so I, I think this is probably just as tired as uh, you know Mario Party got in in the thick of the GameCube era. But there, there are positive attributes so it's definitely worth checking out if you could just check it out without fully buying it
1: maybe if you're living in the one town that still has a blockbuster is
0: is game fly still a thing is that is that what it was called maybe. That, like the netflix for games
1: well then netflix uh they still have dvds actually
0: they, I, they still mail stuff out right like they yeah
1: Quickstered. remember yeah. when they rebranded as quickster oh. for like five minutes yeah
0: yeah so anyway, uh, if you have a friend who's got it, play it on their Switch, maybe. If you are a, a, a completionist like I am, yeah, absolutely, absolutely buy it, or get your parents to buy it, or get Jeff Bezos in a big fake beard and a penis missile to buy it for you. Either way, uh, it's not 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 the greatest DKU game, not the most inspired DKU game, not not the the best sports DKU game. Uh, of the last couple of years. But uh, ook, ook, ook. As they say. So what's next? Well. Oh,
1: well, there's the 2022 Olympics in Beijing. Beijing.
0: Yeah. The, the Winter Olympics. So bring the whole series full circle. And then 2024, David. The Summer Olympics. We only have to wait three years. Assuming, you know, we don't have even more variants of, of COVID. Uh, 2024, the Summer Olympics are in Paris. <laughs> and boy, when have things ever gone wrong for Donkey Kong in France?
1: I know I'm gonna get my butt kicked tonight I'll be in so much pain I will hardly stand up right I'm gonna take a fashion, He's gonna pound me to dust by the time he's finished rounding, you never
0: recognize me.
1: This has been a File 2
2: production. Que rico.